بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعده in the second lesson we are looking at the first chapter of the book and name of the book is Islamic Manners by Sheikh Abdul Fattah Abu Ghudda رحمه الله تعالى in the first chapter, which is titled The Scope of Islamic Manners, he says, The religion of Islam has rules of etiquette and manners covering every aspect of life. These are applicable for the whole society, the old, the young, men and women. We must not forget that Rasulullah said, Women are the counterparts of men. Hence, what is required of men in adhering to Islamic manners is likewise required of women. For together they form the Muslim society and through them Islam is introduced and identified. These manners cover even minor acts such as entering or exiting a bathroom, posture while sitting and cleaning oneself. At the, at the time of the Prophet one of the polytheists mockingly said to Salman al-Farsi, Your Prophet has taught you everything, even the manners of going to the toilet. Salman al-Farsi said, Yes, the Prophet ﷺ forbade us from facing the Qibla, which is the direction of the Kaaba, when urinating or relieving ourselves. Salman Radhi continued, The Prophet ﷺ asked us not to use the right hand when cleaning ourselves and to use at least three things for cleaning. <clears throat> Islam advocates these etiquette and stresses it so as to perfect the Islamic personality and to bring about harmony among people. There is no doubt that embodying such manners and virtues enhances personal style and qualities, refines the character and brings us closer to the hearts and minds of others. Also, it makes life easier as we know what to do and what to expect from others. The following manners and etiquette are central to Islam, its purposes and its aims. Calling it etiquette by no means implies that it is marginal to life and social behavior. It does not mean Muslims have the option of ignoring their code of behavior or that it is merely preferable to adhere to it. In pointing out that manners rank higher than deeds, Imam al-Qarafi in his book Al-Furuq said, You should know that a little of good manners is better than a lot of good actions. Ruwaim, the righteous scholar, told his son, O my son, make your deeds salt and your manners flour. <laughs> like when you bake bread, you put some salt into the flour. The salt is only a little bit, but it's good. It adds flavor. But the basic thing is the, uh, is the flour, without which you cannot make bread. So he says, make your deeds salt and your manners flour. Many good manners with few good deeds are better than many good deeds with few good manners. Even if some of these rules appear to be simple or common courtesy, it's important to highlight their significance in social behavior. They provide socially acceptable norms for dealing with various activities and functions. By following them, we attain consistency, confidence and avoid confusion. We go to the second chapter, which is the importance of appearance. The distinct Muslim personality. 
The Muslim personality is a distinct one due to its unique code of behavior and manners. Your appearance, your taste, your manners and character reflect your personality. Our master, Muhammad sallallahu the messenger of Allah, directed and blessed companions by saying, You are on your way to meet your brothers. Put on nice clothes and fix your saddles so you appear distinct among them as uh, a beauty mark on a beautiful face. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes neither roughness nor rough manners. When Rasulullah said, He will not enter paradise who has a grain of arrogance in his heart. Nabi said, He, meaning that person, will not enter Jannah, the person who has even a grain of arrogance in his heart. A man asked, A man may like his dress, Ya Rasulullah. He may like his dress to be nice and his shoes to be nice. Rasulullah said, Allahu Jamilun wa Yuhibbul Jamal. He said, Allah is beautiful and loves beauty. Arrogance is to deny others their rights and to look down upon people. Shaykh Ibn Taymiyyah said that the beauty which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes includes nice clothes. Hence, it could be said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes all nice things. Therefore, a Muslim ought to be recognized by neat dress, cleanliness and great, graceful manners. Unfortunately, Many Muslims lose sight of this distinction and commit errors that blemish their personality that is meant to be unique in its gracefulness, perfection and noble traits. Number two, cleanliness and washing. The sunnah is to be always clean, wearing neat clothes and smelling good. Imam Bukhari Rahmatullah narrated that Salman al-Farsi said, Rasulullah said, Allah will forgive the sins of the past week for the one who on Friday takes a bath, cleanses himself, puts on his regular perfume or any perfume available in the house. Then he goes out to the Jummah Salah and does not try to separate two friends, meaning he doesn't try to create any conflict between people. Then he prays wherever he can, meaning he doesn't try to, he doesn't step over people to go to the front. He prays wherever he can and listens to the Imam, that is the khutbah. Now, obviously this does not mean you bathe only on a Friday. So you can breathe as, you know, every day or uh, as many times as you need. Uh, but bathing on Friday itself is sunnah and has these beautiful uh, benefits. The bath on Friday is specifically required as a large number of people will be gathering in the mosques. Now, in another hadith, Rasulullah hadith reported by Abu Hurairah Rasulullah said, it is the duty of every Muslim to have a bath at least once in a week and to wash his head and body. Now again, this is the limit, at least that much. And uh, it's good to understand because at that time, we are talking about the 7th century, at that time, in the Christian tradition, it was prohibited to have a bath. And there were many very major scholars of Christianity who said that once you are baptized, that's the only bath that you need, meaning just once in your lifetime. In another hadith, Rasulullah alluded to how nice it would be to remain clean when he asked his sahaba, 
if one of you had a river at his door and he washed himself five times a day, would any dirt remain on him? No dirt will remain, Ya Rasulullah, they said. The Prophet ﷺ commented, this is the example of the five daily prayers as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wipes with them your sins. Allah will forgive your sins uh, because of the prayers. And also the importance of uh, perfume, of smelling good, because this is something which is sadaqah. It is charity. Number three, arriving from a journey. If you are traveling to visit someone or if you are about to receive guests, make sure that your hands, feet and socks are clean and that your appearance and clothing are neat. Even if those in question are your parents, relatives, peers or friends of a different age, never neglect or underestimate the importance of your looks, for that could certainly dull the pleasure of the meeting by marring the enjoyment of those you meet. In this regard, Rasulullah directed his companions upon returning from a journey, saying, You are on your way to meet your brothers, put on nice clothes, fix your saddles, so that you appear distinct among people as a beauty mark on a beautiful face. Allah does not like roughness or rough manners. Do your best to bring some gifts to those receiving you and likewise present your guests with a gift. Always be prepared to reciprocate gifts with suitable ones. A gift, however symbolic, will greatly enhance the pleasure of such a meeting. The joy of seeing your beloved ones will be vividly remembered for many years every time your gift is seen or used. The Prophet as reported by Bukhari, said, exchange gifts, exchange love. Our Muslim predecessors, Salafus Salihin, used to leave their host with a present that could be as symbolic as a incense stick. So it is not necessary to give expensive gifts, but some gifts. Number four, the closing of this chapter is dressing properly. Dress neatly even with friends and relatives. Dress properly when visiting your parents, a pious person, a scholar, an elder, a relative or a friend. Your attire should be clean and elegant, not ugly or unsightly. We are attracted or repulsed by what we see and if you look good in clean clothes, smelling nice, you will be pleasant to look at and people will be attracted to you and enjoy your presence. If you were the opposite, people will look down on you and even if you were a relative or a friend, this will happen. To look neat while visiting or being visited is an instinctive trait in addition to being an Islamic manner. Do not ignore this aspect because you consider yourself close to your hosts or guests. Imam Bukhari in his book Adabul Mufrad reported that the great Tabi'i al Abu Aliya al Riyahi al Basari, he said Muslims wore their best when visiting each other. Al Hafiz al Haythami in Majma al Zawaid reported that Thabit al Banani, the student of Imam Anas ibn Malik, he said, When I used to visit Sayyidina Anas, he would call for a perfume and run it along his cheeks. So he would put perfume on his beard. Accordingly, if you were visited at home, while in casual clothing, as it sometimes happens, you should change for your visitors. This will enhance their respect for you and will complement your hospitality. It is, after all, the manners of the Salafus Salihin, the early Muslims. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to
help us to learn and practice good manners in all aspects of our lives.